0: Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a young, authentic, and very talented entrepreneur. She's also the founder and CEO of Cray Consulting. Kristen Pucci, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. Really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Like I mentioned to you before, The recording. We connected on LinkedIn and I've been watching you grow through your process as an entrepreneur. And we're going to get into Cray Consulting and what that's all about. But I want to go back to how you started. You actually are from New Hampshire.
1: Yeah. And actually, I, I say I'm from New Hampshire, but I'm not originally from New Hampshire. We moved around a lot when I was younger for my dad's job. And so I was originally born in Elmira, New York. My dad worked for Corning Glass and we moved around it all over New England. So we were in uh, New York and then we moved to Massachusetts and then we moved to New Hampshire. So most of my childhood, the longest span of a place that I lived at when I was younger was New Hampshire. So that's where I consider myself from New Hampshire.
0: And both your parents are engineers, mechanical engineers, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, both mechanical engineers. One went to Ohio State, which all of the Pennsylvania people don't necessarily love that. Um, and then my mom <laughs> went to Clarkson.
0: <laughs> Are you talking about the Penn Staters? That is.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Penn Staters, the higher Staters. I actually got my dad uh, tickets for the first. He's been talking about it for years. I got him tickets this year to go to Penn State, Ohio State at Penn State. Mm, so we'll see. That's it. a good
0: one. Yeah, that's a that's a good one indeed. So you were exposed to the construction industry at a young age with your parents being engineers.
1: Yeah. So that and then also my dad's family. So obviously Pucci, I'm Italian. It's like always pretty common for Italian families to have somebody that's in construction. Um, And multiple of my uncles are one uh, was a very, he owned his own company for a long period of time. And he's a super high level superintendent at a a large developer now. And then my other uncle, he actually owns a very large concrete company, but it's not in the sense that you would think of, of just like basic concrete floors and stuff. It's art. He does like stamped concrete and different things like that. So ever since I was younger, yeah, we've, I've always been around construction and I fell in love with it mostly in college.
0: Which brings me to that question. Why your college? What brought you back down to Central PA?
1: Yeah. So do you want the honest answer or... Always. Answer? Okay. <laughs> sure. So long story short, in New England, it's very common for people to go elsewhere. It's very common for people to... Like a lot of my friends went to Clemson, they went to Florida, they went to other locations. And for me, I knew that I wanted to get farther away. I didn't necessarily love my high school experience. My older brother was at Villanova. And I looked at a bunch of different schools. Some were closer. One school there was that was closer for Mimi me, me and one of my girlfriends at the time, she was. we played basketball together and she was going to school for basketball there. I was going to go with her, but it was only 45 minutes away from home. I was like, I don't know that I want to do that. And so my mom actually came home one day with a book called A Plus Schools for B Plus Students and gave it to me and said, York College is one of the top schools here. We should put it on the list. And at the time I was like, I don't even remember how I reacted to getting that book, right? A plus schools for B plus students, right? Because my (laughs) older brother is an engineer as well. My younger brother's a doctor, right? I was the Mm -hmm. athlete. I was the athlete kid. I was the one that had a lot of friends. I was popular, right? I dated the quarterback of the football team. Like that was me. And they were much more like the king of the uh, spelling bees and they were just super smart. (laughs) So I found it in that book. And there was a lot of other schools in that book as well. I looked at Gettysburg, Franklin and Marshall, but I really liked your college and what I was looking for at the time. I remember I wanted it to feel like home and I wanted the people to be happy because I was gonna be far away. And I noticed something with the people at York College, and this is not, they don't pay me to say this, but they were very happy. Like the students seemed very happy. They were walking in, you know, twos and threesomes, like walking throughout campus. And I remember them being really happy and it looked like a place that I could fit in. And that's why I ended up, yeah, going to the business school there.
0: Got it. And I want to ask you, you, I saw you were a former athlete. You just said basketball. Did you play basketball at York?
1: No, I did not. Yeah, I did not. That's a story for another day. But no, I didn't. I, I fought it for a while that I wanted to either walk on or, you know, try out or whatever, but I decided not to. I did a lot of intramural sports and I played, I played basketball a lot at school, but no, I never played for the team itself.
0: Okay. Got it. And when you first went there, you actually were, were looking to, was it psychology? And then you switched over to marketing and business. and And I'm sure you're glad you did, right?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you say that. Yes, but I think they marriage very well with each other or they marry very well with each other. And I think even part of me still wishes that I would have gone farther with psychology. I think I just did it. Maybe sorry, you're a college at the wrong school because I think unless it's a psych based program or like there's I don't think I did enough research on it because the type of psychology that I wanted to go for was like IO or I really wanted to do profiling. And school, a lot of school systems don't obviously, a lot of universities don't necessarily approve of that. They want to push you more towards like a guidance counselor therapy, things like that. And that just wasn't me. I had that other side of it, you know, those different shows that were out. I was like, that's what I want to be doing. But I I did, I started in psychology. I got about a year and a half through the program and I decided that I was like, Mm, I don't know that this is the direction I want to go right because I remember sitting in a class and they're like you're either gonna you can go five years with this program and you could be a social worker or you can go the whole and I didn't know that I wanted to be in school you know it was hard enough as it was for me to stay in college that I was like I don't know I want to be in school for another nine years after you know after I get out and I had a my advisor that I had the time he was like the oldest guy he's probably still there I don't know his name's Tom Lepson I want to say he was probably 70 when he was there God knows how old he is now and he I took one of his classes. If I'm remembering the conversation, he said, "Just take one of my classes and see if you like marketing." He's like, "Just try. It. You know, you're gonna need a minor anyway." Because I had a psychology as my major, and then marketing was my minor. And so I took one of his classes, and he's like, "Here's this test. Every, you know, everybody takes it. Da, 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 whatever." He then ended up not giving me my test back at the end of this one class. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, there you go. See, (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I failed this test. I'm like my first marketing class. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I failed this test. And he's like, you need to meet me after class. So I go down to his office. I meet him after class. I got a 92. And he's like, Kristen, this is one of the highest." I think it was like a 92. And he's like, Kristen, this is one of the highest anybody's ever scored on my test, if ever. I was like, what? no, stop it. He goes, you need to switch to marketing. He goes, you have a brilliant, brilliant mind. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So it was, so from there, we switched my whole schedule around. We ended up flipping psychology to be my minor. Marketing then became my major and they marry very well with each other though. They do, whether it's like advertising, marketing business, whatever it is. I think like the time that I spent in psychology was not wasted, but yeah, that's pretty much how that, that, how that happened.
0: (laughs) Got it. And then after college, you started at- Yes. You want to talk a little bit about your experience there?
1: So I was doing social media marketing. I was hired as an intern there and they had no social media presence. They had no marketing presence. And they said, Kristen, come in and just reboot everything. And I said, okay, sounds good. I can do that. So they didn't have Facebook, gave them a LinkedIn presence. I had a lot of fun working on their stuff. They had this dog in the office. It was the dad, it was a small family owned company. And the dad had a dog named Smoke. And it was a Doberman Pinscher. And it was the nicest dog, scariest thing ever, like when you first meet it, but his name was Smoke. So I quickly turned him into the mascot. And I started coming up with different, because I literally, they had no photos of anything, right? I just really had to just, my creative juices had to flow. And I remember coming up with all this content that was Smoke Says. And I made a little cartoon character version of this dog. And it was a restoration company. And they dealt a lot with like smell, you know, obviously the smoke, fires, mold, stains, anything like that. So I just got really creative. And I Every day I posted things about like everyday things that people would run into, like you spill red wine at your house, you know, and that's not something you'd call a restoration company for, but I needed them to connect them and go, okay, they know how to get stains out. They know how to get smells out. And get their
0: attention. Yeah,
1: exactly. How to get their attention. And I fell in love with it. I grew their followership Their I remember their Google reviews were like 2.4 when I started with them. And I was like, guys, this is a problem, you know, and I started filling out testimonials and I helped. So I definitely think I left the company better than I found it.
0: And then you went to 360 Tour Designs and you were a senior business developer there for a little while. You want to talk about your experience there?
1: Yeah, that was a really fun job. And that happened so randomly how I got connected to that job. My friend was a beer rep that she actually supplied the one owner's bar with beer so she told me that she had been talking with him or whatever and he was looking to hire somebody and she knew I was trying to leave where I was at and they we hooked up and then there we go I started working for this company and they did well they still do it they're still in business but they do marketing for um, residential and commercial real estate mostly residential so they're doing like pictures, drone work, gimbal stuff, anything that you could imagine, like the stuff you'd see on Zillow, right? When there's a house listing, that's what they did. And they had their product was pictures and videos. And so they franchised. And what they needed somebody to do was to open up new franchises across the United States. So what I did was I had to find people across the United States, whether or not they were interested in in real estate or photography or whatever it was an open new franchise. And it was a very fun job. I knew nothing about it coming into it. I knew nothing about franchising. I barely knew anything about real estate. Right. And I sold, I don't know how they're doing now. I imagine they're doing great, but I sold one of, at the time, one of their biggest franchises down in Houston, Texas. I found this, um, these pair of ladies that were best friends, and they wanted to start a franchise. And it was a very interesting job. And it's funny how it's all connected. I'm sure we'll probably get to that eventually. But how like a past job helps you in your future job, even though it's so unrelated, and you finally see how it's all connected. It was cool. It was a really, really fun job. It was about a year that I was there, I think, or maybe a little bit longer. I don't exactly remember. But it was fun. It was fun to learn the real estate world. I mean, that's never not going to be something that's, I feel like in a sense, booming or doing well. So um, it's, it's good to know people like that.
0: Absolutely. And then you, you started with Aerotech, which is similar to what you're doing now with, with just consulting and recruiting, which we'll talk a little bit more about your company. Aerotech, you were there for about two and a half years. And I think that's where you and I connected. I believe you reached out to me Maybe trying to recruit me or something, or I, I, I kind of <laughs> yes. recall, you know, when you were there. Cause I, cause yeah, I, like I right. said, I remember when you started making your shifts, you know, into your new business and it was just fun to watch the growth of that, which we'll talk about. Talk a little bit about Aerotech and, and, uh, your experience there.
1: Yeah. So Aerotech was, I learned so much there. I learned so many good things and so many bad things about how to run my company, who I wanted to be, and all of that. And I also learned that I'm not a corporate girl. (laughs) I learned that from my time when I was at Arizona. I'm not a corporate girly. And small, you know, small, medium-sized companies are so much better for me, right? And um, when I first got hired there, I... there's actually a job in between that I think might be funny that I'm actually going to just touch on quickly. I ended up leaving three, where was it? Or no, was it before 360 days? I don't remember which order it was in, but it was in between one. I know. I think it was right before air attack. It was, I actually left 360 tour designs and I went and started waitressing and bartending again. And it was something that I did back in high school and college when I didn't finish my degree yet. And I don't know exactly what direction you're going with this or whatever, but I just want to like pause on this part of my story because I was just talking about a friend about this with the other day that you feel like you're lost in your career and how like quickly things can change for you. And I remember feeling like such a loser. Because I already completed this degree, I had all these great jobs, and then I went back to doing something for cash that I was doing back in high school. And I was just like, what on earth am I going to do with my life? And I actually stayed there for about six, seven months, because I was like, I need to figure out who I want to be and what I want to do. I ended up meeting a recruiter and meeting a recruiting team. And I was like eh, I'm going to try I don't know let's see and it took a while and I I met the people at Aerotech and I was like all right this is pretty cool like and I, there was a boss our our regional manager at the time his name was Greg Greg Long he was incredible he's only with us for a couple years cuz he went to they took them they take all the good people and they put them you know in big markets and stuff and he was just incredible. And this man was so sweet. And he took me right under his wing. And he understood all of like the pains I had from past jobs. And he just knew I was going to blossom in this role. And it it was a hard position. And any recruiters that are out there, it is so hard to get started in recruiting, just to learn the process. Like and a lot of people think it's really easier. It's a sales job. It is so difficult. You get it's an up and down left and right emotional roller coaster. And yeah, I probably reached out to you whether I was trying to recruit you or hire somebody at your company, like who knows what it was. But um, It's a very hard job, and I remember like there were times it was probably a couple months in. I'm like, I'm not good at this. Like, I really suck at recruiting, and I just I never really had dealt with that before. That I never could pick a job up like or pick something up or a sport. It was always so easy, and that job was hard. And I um, stuck with it, stuck with it, and I ended up you know getting promoted, and then I became a manager. Um, and it was all construction related positions, so architects, engineers, general contractors, skilled trades, all of that. That's what I was recruiting on, and I was there for almost three years and typical millennial, you know, changing a job every couple of years. And I, uh, I burn out. My mental health was horrendous. I was working like a hundred hours a week. Um, It was up and down the ups and downs and lefts and rights of recruiting got to me different types of managers and stuff that I had at the time were really difficult to work for. There was a major like this going on all the time that I don't do well with micromanagers. And I'm like, Hey, just give me, trust me. I'm a trustworthy person. I'm responsible. And there were lots of texts of where are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, you already need access to my calendar all the time. Can't you see where I am? You know, just stuff like that. And it got to a point that I'm like, this is really unhealthy. This is, this is a really unhealthy place. So I ended up leaving Aerotech and I went to another job and then that's when I got laid off and Cray began.
0: And then let's talk about that because you started an engineering firm and you were only there for what, about three months. And then that's when the pandemic hit.
1: Yep. Not even, I was the lowest on the totem bowl yeah. and I was a brand new, yeah, they hired me as a business development manager and I was the newest person at the company and literally 60 days in, it was that day and everybody will probably like laugh that's listening to this. It was the day that they were like, the liquor stores are closing. We got to go home and like, <laughs> and like everybody left the work and we had to be done. I think it was like, we had to be done by three o'clock and head out or whatever And it was so funny that I was just like, oh, my God, what the heck is going on? We had to, you know, scrap everything off our desk quick and run home. And, yeah, it was like a couple of days later. They're like, sorry, Kristen, we got to lay you off. And it was exactly on my 60 days at 430 on a Friday. And I was like, this really sucks. I'm like, this, this really sucks. I just started with you. And this took a lot for me to even get to here. And I was just I was in a really weird spot that I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't want to keep working for a new company and a new have a new situation happen. And I like, I yeah.
0: Yep, and you're and you're one of those that so many people decided to take it not not a chance, but really just just go after it and just follow their heart. You know, follow their passion. Which it sounds to me like that was always in you. Did you know you wanted to have your own business? And if if so, how long did you know that or thought you knew that?
1: Yeah. So. It's funny, I, and I've spent a lot of time in therapy and counseling and all of those things, right? So you work through all like the deep rooted stuff in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. I'd always wanted to own my own company. I always did. And even before I got into college from a little girl, it was the funniest thing. It's like, I knew I was gonna be a millionaire. I just knew it. And not like in an arrogant way, not in like a way that I was like, I want to make a lot of money. It wasn't like that. It was like, I know that I'm going to be somebody of influence. Like that's what that it was on my heart. Right. That I was like, I don't know who I'm going to be, but I know I'm going to be somebody of influence. And I don't know how it's going to be related. And I don't know what exactly I'm going to be doing, but I know I'm going to be doing my own thing. and I'm representing myself. I always knew that. And I think it took, it was, and there's this counseling session. It's wild. It like gives me chills now thinking about it. It was one counseling session. And she was like, and I was working at Aerotech. And I remember she goes to me, she goes, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? And she had me write a list of all. And I recommend this to anybody who's like where I was, was like, what the hell do I want to be? Like, what do I want to do? And she just had me write down things that are like deep stuff in your heart that are things that you've always wanted to do. And one was like, I've always wanted to be a public speaker, like a, like a motivational speaker in front of thousands of people. Like, I mean, you can start small, fine. That was something that was always on my heart. Normally it doesn't matter how it's going to happen. Another one was young teenage girls being able to somehow influence that age group. Somebody that I needed so much when I was that age or like adopting a kid that was always something that was on my heart and I had no idea why and so I made this list boom 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 and she said okay now that you made that list what do you want to do and I said I want to quit my job at Aerotech take the money and start my own company and this was six months before I ever did it I have that piece of paper framed in my office that I wrote that on and um it was before I even went to Hills Carnes I wrote that right so it's like I didn't quite do it yet but I did. I always I always knew that I wanted to do it. I just didn't know what it was, and I think that's probably pretty common amongst people. And since I've started a company, I've learned that I definitely have entrepreneurial personality traits. I was always very rebellious. I was always questioning every adult in my life. I know I was a pain in the ass student, a pain in the ass athlete on the team. I was a pain in the ass employee. Like I know that for the types of people that like that I would be working for, unless under the right person, they probably were like, dang, this girl is a free thinker. She, she knows how to get stuff done. She's a hard worker. She's whatever. But under the wrong managers, I could see how I was a total pain in their ass. And that's because I have very entrepreneurial. Like, I think I was always working for a company thinking of the greater good of the company you know, or I was always thinking, how can we make this better? How could very entrepreneurial type thoughts, right? But at the time it it could be annoying, you know, a a boss. It's like, why the hell does this chick want to always figure out our operations? Like, you know, like just do your job. (laughs) But yeah, I did. I did. I always knew that I wanted to, I just didn't know what it was going to be.
0: Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say that, and I can relate to so many things you just said before we get into what Cray's all about and what's happening there. Two quotes that I want to mention here that's in your bio summary. I want you just to tell me your your thoughts on those quotes. R- rub some dirt in it. What does that mean to you exactly? And I'm asking because I just bought a shirt that says that. <laughs>
1: oh, wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I need that shirt. You'll have to send me the link. <laughs> but rub some dirt in it. So I think that was related. If I can remember where that is in my bio, that's related to the like, why I wouldn't be a good therapist couple reasons why, what that means to me. One, I grew up in that type of household, a very like tough love type of household, right? I had two brothers. I was one of the guys, you know, whatever. That was the type of household I grew up in. But two, I think, and I've softened more as I've grown up and and come more into who I am. I've definitely softened up, but there is an element to me that is very tough love and I will push people I expect a lot from my employees, my friends, my boyfriend, my family. Like I expect a lot from people and I understand that I do. And I have high expectations because I hold myself to them. So I don't know. I think that's kind of how that's all related. And it's like, no, I can't, I can't have victims around me or people that are like crying all the time and people that are whatever. Like, you know, I fired somebody cause they were so negative. Like I fired someone cause they were so negative. And I'm like, the world is such an evil, negative place. Like, let's choose to have better people around us. And I think that's kind of where the rubs some dirt in it. It's part of it's a joke and part of it's pretty, pretty serious. Like, life I sucks. Love I love it. It's quote. so great. Yeah, it's so great. Life sucks. It's great. But it also, you know, it's fair and everybody has their own challenges. And yeah, So that's why I like it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Good stuff. So So do I. I am the black sheep in my family.
1: another strong statement that was the I think that was the first sentence of my college essay I think it was something like that or like if you looked at my family you'd think I'm adopted I think it was something (laughs) like that Um, I am a feeler in a family of thinkers they're very analytical logical which comes in so much handy now and I definitely balance them out as well but that was tough. That was really hard growing up. It was really hard being such a sensitive spirit and a sensitive child that just like led with their heart in a family of people that are very brain oriented. Right. And that's why, yeah, that's why I wrote that. And I think it's funny cause I'm, it's, I've hired my dad since, which I'm sure we'll talk about that too. But yeah, he brings such a logical side to the business that like I didn't necessarily have. Raina, no, stop. I'm clearly doing something. And I, bring this whole, you know, risky side and like, all right, let's go for it. Cause it feels good. And he's like, well, does it make sense with the numbers? I'm like, I don't know, but it feels good. Like, and so he helps me like balance that out, but that's definitely where that comes from. And it's funny, like growing up, I remember like I was one into fashion and like, I t- taught my brothers how to like treat a pimple and like what to wear and how to talk to girls. And they were like, and I remember calling my high school brother, was he even in high school at the time? He was probably a freshman in college or high school. And he was helping me with my college homework. I mean, this kid, my younger brother, they're both are, but my whole family's so smart. But, that you know, we helped each other in that, right? I helped them dress. They're cute now. You're welcome to my brother's girlfriends and wives because that's was me. But uh, they helped make me, you know, they helped me graduate. Honestly, they helped me get through school. So it's, it's funny how we balance each other out.
0: Love it. Great shares. Hey, guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders, with well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets. MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net, or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750, And I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So here we are with your new company, which you started about two and a half years ago, right? It's called Cray. Talk about the name Cray and why you called it that.
1: So a couple of reasons. One, because it sounds like crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and i have that sheet taken care of too mm-hmm. i had like i wanted it to be something i love about myself that it took me a while to love about myself and i'm still working on it but it took me a while to love about myself is i'm very are. yeah i'm very aggressive demanding uh i'm out i think outside the box and i'm like this independent like whatever and i'm I just that's who i am i'm that i'm like literally the definition of like the independent woman right and I knew that I wanted to somehow communicate that through the name and that it's a different concept And the way that I feel like I've always been as an employee and a person, whatever is I like, I want it to be very authentic. I want us to be outside the box. I want us to be bold. I want us to be all of these things. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is R-A-E is my middle name. And I was named after my grandfather and there was a lot going on during that time in my life that I was like, you know, let's, let's put that on there. And so K-R-A-E obviously sounds like cray, sounds like crazy. And I think it looks good. And I love the name. Ray. So yeah, it'll. That that's how we named it. But I did. I, I had things written down. It was funny, like Savage Marketing, or like, I, it was funny. I had like all these like really weird names that just were not feminine or like good or could expand, right? Or could expand at all. And I feel like Cray. I have dreams of you know owning other things with Cray and, involved. But yeah, that's how I named it.
0: I love the name. I mean, you know, when I first saw it, I think Cray Cray. Yeah, you know, Cray Cray was like what he, what he said. You know, crazy crazy. You know, and and you know, I know our industry construction, engineering, architecture, you know, how demanding it can be. I thought it fits, fits very well. And your, your slogan is we build connections. So what, what consulting is exactly, you know, for, for in this industry, which is the AEC architects, engineer, construction, that that's who her business mainly recruits, but you also do corporate event planning. You have LinkedIn training courses that you're doing. I, I noticed and talk about some of the other services you're providing.
1: Sure. So our two biggest services, well, our single biggest service is social media marketing management. So that is us coming in to a firm, small to medium size, that either has current marketing people, doesn't have current marketing people. And they're like, we know we need it. We just don't know what to do. We don't have somebody, we don't have time to train anybody. And we need somebody that understands our industry. That's why I stayed in construction. I love construction. I know it. It's a niche market nobody really knows what they're doing. Not nobody. A lot of people don't know what they're doing when it comes to marketing and it's kind of an afterthought, right? So I came in and I said, Hey, we'll run it for you. We'll increase you know, the value of your company with creating this organic followership, all this content, all these photos, all this stuff. And we run it for you. And nobody knows we run it for you other than us and you and the people that maybe go, Hey, your marketing looks better than it did a couple weeks ago. Who's running it. Right. So that's, that's definitely our biggest product um, and our biggest moneymaker. And then uh, business development is another one that I do that role is ever changing, but that's where the, a lot of the We Build Connections comes from. It's less of sales and it's more of, I've been in this market for nine, 10 years. I've spent a lot of time getting to know a lot of decision makers. You come to be a part of the Cray you know, whatever you want to call it ecosystem. Some people call it my crate ecosystem and I'll get you connected to this person. You want to know Joe Smith of ABC construction? No problem. I had lunch with him last week. We'll go out to dinner with him and his wife, right? You know, stuff like that is building those connections and building those relationships. And that's how construction works. It's not a sales thing. Of course there's the, yeah, who has the cheapest number on the bid and whatever, but it definitely comes down to relationships and who does somebody like and who does somebody trust? So I've spent a lot of time and, you know, people are going to like me or they're not going to like me, but building trust with these people. And so that's why I welcome other companies into my network. And I say, hey, I'm going to help you with that. You're correct in saying, yeah, recruiting is definitely a big product of ours still. That's mostly me. And then my other one employee as well, I'm training her up to to kind of learn what I've learned. I don't do it on the scale that I used to in the sense of like when I was at Aerotech and you're slinging, you know, 40 plumbers here and 20 this there, you know, it's not like that at all anymore. It's very high level positions, you know, project managers, superintendents, C-suite, Level individuals, architects, engineers, whatever it may be. And I just, I, I do, I headhunt. That's the best way to say it. But the connections piece. Obviously, you met me on LinkedIn a lot, like in my local area, people are like, Oh, you're the girl from LinkedIn. And I'm like, probably, I don't know. You know, I just have I have, I have all these connections. And I was very strategic about what I did and how I build my followership. And um, so we build connections, right? So we obviously all of us build that could be construction, that could be what you know, you build anything, build a relationship, build whatever. It's a very common word, and then connections. You connect to somebody along on LinkedIn, connection from person to person, connection from recruited or whatever. That's what we do. And then just a little cherry on top that happened was hey we'll throw you a party while you're at it you know we'll pu- we'll throw you a strategic party right and that's where that came in so that the events kind of couple closely to BB like we're doing a really cool event at the end of this year i'm not going to say what it is cuz i don't want anybody to steal our idea but uh we always throw a really fun party at the end of the year and it's very strategic as to who gets invites and who can come and i control the room and i don't do it purposely that some people do get invited and some people don't but hey my clients control the list and i do what i do um and i can what i can but yeah, that's our services in a nutshell, for the most part, of what Cray does.
0: Got it. And just back to LinkedIn and, and the power of it. Talk a little bit about misconceptions of the platform and any, and any tips you could share, because you're definitely well versed in it. And I've watched some of your videos that you posted on LinkedIn just about helping people understand the platform.
1: Yeah, I love LinkedIn. It is single-handedly my favorite social media ever. And it's so funny because yeah, people always want to talk about the misconceptions, right? And um, I was one of those people. I was a LinkedIn hater uh, back in 2017. (laughs) I hated LinkedIn. I was like, this place is creepy and all these men want to connect with me and I don't know why. I don't even know who you are, right? Um, but I had the millennial mindset of Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And it's like, you were friends with your friends and that was it. So it took that same boss, that Greg Long, that guy that I was telling you before, he's like, you got to get on there. He's like, there's this other guy. He's telling me about this other guy that had like 10,000 connections. He's like, he doesn't even have to recruit anymore. He's like, he knows all these people. He puts a posting up and whatever. Right. And so I was like, okay, fine. I was like, I'll try it. And it's funny because from there I was like, I even connect with people I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. connect with people you don't know. right? Like we, you and I at somewhere somehow we got connected and looked at us now on a podcast, right? And so that's why I always tell people. I was like, connect with everybody.
0: Who knows? And who really cares to so, like connect with them. And then, and if they're a bad connection, you can always delete them, you know? Exactly.
1: You're, you know, like yeah. if you're going to get asked out on a date. Okay, great. So same at the grocery store. We're not going to go to the grocery store anymore. You know what I mean? So like, like literally today I got a message from a guy that was like, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot. You know, whatever. It's fine. You know, just, okay, dude, I'm good. Thanks, Dennis. You know, but, um, it's just like, it, it is, there's so many cool people, so many connections I've made and I think you're investing In your network. And I learned that from spending, I I tried to be really strategic about who I met when I got into our industry and who the decision makers and the movers and shakers and whoever they are. And like, I spent some time figuring out who these people are, connecting with them, building a relationship with them. And that's your value. Like, that's your value as an employee. Like, maybe I won't be Cray one day, right? And I'll be an employee again or whatever. The first question somebody asks you is who do you know? How many connections do you have? Who can you bring to the company? What value can you bring? Oh my gosh. I know Joe from down the block and over here and whatever. Like, that's so cool. You can't unknow somebody. You literally can't somebody. So LinkedIn is the place to do it. And if people aren't on there and they don't listen to me, then fine. You deserve to not know anybody. But I'm telling you, it is incredible what it's capable of, who it can connect you to. If you're HR, recruiter, salesperson, business owner, BD person, whatever it is, I'm like, if you're not utilizing it, it's because you're not using your head straight or you just don't know how to use it, which is fine because we offer classes too. And that's why I love to, use. I love to teach people. And every time We get done with the class. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so energized. I want to get on LinkedIn and like do everything that you're doing because it's so fun and it's free for the most part, unless you buy a premium, you know, it's free, free, so cheap.
0: So, so powerful. And I, and I knew you would uh, validate that good stuff. And I have to know, how did you become an agent of Ray Ripple? (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is so funny. You asked me the funniest question. What happened was, is she reached out to me. This would have been in like the beginning of last year. She reached out to me, called my work phone. And my work phone was having this issue between my work phone and my, I have two phones. And my private phone, I don't know why she didn't call that, but she called my work phone. She left a voicemail. It wasn't working, wasn't on. It didn't like transfer it until four days later. And so she leaves this long message i still have it i gotta listen to it one day but she's like hey my name is ray ripple i live down in texas i was on this netflix show and like whatever she's just got it's, she's so casual in how she talks yeah, right like yeah. she has no sense of who she actually is and um <laughs> so she like leaves me this voicemail and i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i missed this so i call her back and i'm like ray i am so sorry i'm like i don't know what happened i don't know i was like my phone she's like it's okay nobody called me back don't worry about it like she's just super cool right And you started talking and she's like, this is what I need. And this is what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for this and that. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I was like, well, I was honest with her. I said, never been an agent before, but I said, I know how to do a website. At that point, she had nothing. She was waiting for this show. That was when metal shop masters hadn't come out yet. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It is such a fun show. Um, if you've ever liked like how it's made or anything on HGTV, like it's just a really cool concept of welding and like taking scraps of metal and making it into something. It's super cool. But so show had not even come out yet. And I want to say this was probably like April. And she's like, yeah, it's coming out in August. I don't have a logo. I don't have a name. I don't have anything like you got to make me famous. I'm like, okay. Right. And so very in my entrepreneurship, Kristen Pucci way, I'm like, I don't know how to do it, but I'm gonna figure out how to do it. Right. I was like, I know I can, like, I will bet on myself every single time. I will not necessarily bet on you or bet on you or bet on that person or whatever, but I will bet bet on on yourself.
0: Yes. So she found you on LinkedIn. Is that how she found you?
1: No, she didn't find me on LinkedIn actually. Uh, Okay. We don't even know how we found each other. We just consider it a God thing because She claims that somebody that follows her on some social media, she didn't even remember, she's got so many followers, right? Somebody following her somewhere also follows me. And when she put out an ad for it, they were like, hey, reach out to Kristen Pucci. Can't figure out who it is, doesn't know who it is, can't find the message. It's like the weirdest, it's almost like it happened in a dream, right? And then she reached out and she's like, my name's Ray. Your name's cray. I knew I wanted it to be you. Like, you know, we must be a of person, but it was fascinating how it just all got connected. And we, we did it. We got the website. We had the whole merchandise line done. Her whole brand was done. We had her set up for the TV show. TV show was a huge success. She has written a book. Now she's been invited to numerous schools for, you know, speaking engagements. And we've got another couple of fun things in the works that are coming that we're actually interviewing for in a couple of days. But, um, amazing stuff just amazing amazing stuff
0: yeah i've been following her and she's she's inspirational i don't know if you heard of barbie the welder but she was on my podcast i think episode 33 so they they're very similar and and you know what they do obviously they're welders and they're really artists is what they are artists with metal but super cool i appreciate you sharing that so where do you think you're headed i know you said you just hired your dad so that's new Any anything new that's happening and anything you're excited about
1: here's the funny thing. There's so many things I want to do. Like, and that's, <laughs> I got to like rope my in myself in sometimes because it is once you've like, once you lose that insecurity of like, I don't know if I can do it. Damn. The world is like a whole new place. You're like, I'm going to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. You know, you want to do all these things. Like there's literally nothing. I feel like, nah, okay, I'm human. And I have those days that I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. Right. But I just, I'm like, if I want to go be that, I'm going to go be it. If I want to do this, like, so there's all these ideas that we're coming up with. Like one, one thing we're really having fun with right now is Airbnb, like this concept of Airbnb, the marketing that goes along with that, the real estate side of it. Like I I'm really, I'm really hot on that right now. I don't know what it is about it. I just feel like I'd be really good at it. And my team's super excited about it and they love traveling and whatever. So they're all on board. That's one thing we've been talking more about like merchandise. Because we're all young, fashionable ladies for the most part, other than you know my dad, right? And yeah, it was just hysterical how that all works. But you know, merchandise lines and things that we're really passionate about there, or nonprofits. You know, we've had a lot of talks about nonprofits and, and directions that we want to go. So the world is literally your oyster, and I think. There's so many things that I want to do. Cray is going to be around for a long time. You know, I get questions like, is it going to succeed? You know, is it going to live on past Kristen Pucci? I I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. You know, I've got a plan in place. If it doesn't, you know, that's something you got to figure out, but, or if I don't work out, you know, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I've got so many things that I want to do. And I just feel like any of them could happen and I just have to get, you know, I want my clients to be happy and I don't want to take on too much. And I want my, like almost all of my employees have about to hit their year. So we're really getting into our prime time of like, you know, we're like, what is it? Uh, my one employee says all the time, Oh, we're cooking with a grease or whatever. (laughs) She's like, we're finally got it all figured out. And you know, we're well-oiled machine and we understand how each other are working. And, um, it's good. We're in a really good spot to be able to kind of start what what is our next thing? We're we're almost there. So.
0: Love it. Love the passion and speaking of passion, outside of work and creating businesses and and following your passion, you know, with what you're doing with Cray and other things, what do you like to do outside of that? What are you passionate about?
1: I love hanging out with my friends. I have the cutest closest group of friends that just we are which is so funny how life happens right like you used to have so many like junk friends and then you like find your like best friends right and there's only like two of them typically right but like they're your ride or die friends for the rest of your life and so I love hanging out with my friends we do things like trivia and they're all really smart right so like we like to do fun things like that I love fashion. I'm big into like I don't know if shopping is considered a passion or a hobby, but it is for me. Like I love fashion and beauty. I always have, I always will. The you know the latest whatever thing it is at Sephora. I really love cooking. I'm a big. I'm I saw you a food.
0: foodie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I love to eat food. I love to make food and try new food. Like I'm not scared of anything. I'd be a great person to have on like Fear Factor, unless it's a banana. There's something about bananas that just not happening. But uh. I just love that. I have a dog and she's cute and I love her. Yeah. She's a cutie. So all sorts. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I always said that I could be passionate about dirty socks. I really could. Like it doesn't take a lot for me to be like, if I believe in it, I'm passionate about it. And yeah, I just, there's so much, there's so much to do in this life. And
0: Uh, there's so, so much. Absolutely.
1: So much girl. My goodness.
0: I agree so much. And if, there's a young, young lady, young, you know, young gentleman that's interested in getting into what you do or the construction industry. What would your advice be to them if they're being pushed to go to college? Like college is the only, only path, but, they, but they know that's not something they want to do. What would your advice be to them?
1: listen to your intuition. And I, it took me a long time to trust my intuition. I didn't know what it was. And that was just from certain things that happened in my life. I just didn't necessarily trust myself, but that's, that's in there for a reason, right? Like that's a God given thing for your heart, your intuition, your spirit, your soul. Like there's other things going on other than just your physical body. And like, you know what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and your body knows it. Right. And your soul knows it. And I think like when you're in middle school and high school and whatever and somebody's pushing you to do something or somebody you know when you really love something and when you don't and you know it and if you're and if you've got all this muck like all over the place then you either need to unplug, you need to go away, you need to get away from the noise a little bit and figure out really really what you need to do. And if you have a you know, if you have a relationship with God, you know, talk to him about it, you know, what I mean, talk to people, talk to people that you Can trust 100% with anything. Unconditional people that are just supportive of you. Do not ask anybody what you should be doing, that there might be an ulterior motive or they, you know, whatever, they're trying to push you one way or the other, but you know. And it's okay to be scared. It's definitely okay to be scared. It's okay to not know exactly what it is, but just take the step. I mean, just take the step and. Being an entrepreneur is not that hard. I mean, people want to make it seem like it's the hardest thing ever. It's hard when you make it hard. It doesn't cost that much, right? An LLC, it's probably less than all the Starbucks coffees you bought in the last 12 months to start an LLC. You get that created. You have your product. You do some research. You have Google. You have mentors. You have everything is available to people now to be able to figure out how to do this stuff and just go do it. Just go do it, and then so what? That was my thing when I started cray. I was like, so what? What am I gonna do? Lose my apartment? Okay, great. If you, you fail, know, what am I- right? Yeah, I was like right. so. You'll what? learn
0: so much from it. Yeah. So
1: what? Right? Mm-hmm. Like so what? So what if I start cray and five years from now it fails? I run out of money, and that would be hard. I'm not. I'm not trying to mitigate, like, make it seem smaller than it is. That I would be heartbroken, right? And I'd have to lay off my employees that are becoming family, and like it. That part's hard, but like so. What you lose some money, you lose your car, you lose your house, you lose your so what? Like, live, you know, just live, just live a little bit, you know. And, like, I say this all the time. Like, I know I'm only 28, okay. And I say this that I'm like, if I was to die tomorrow, I have lived. Like I, I would say I have lived. I have risked it. I have been happy. I've been sad. I've been rich. I've been poor. I have loved. I have not been loved. Like I was, like I just live, right? Like do so, whatever it is that you want to do. Who cares? Who cares if nobody supports you? People don't support me now. There's people that hate what I'm doing because I'm doing it well. It doesn't matter. what You're always you're going to have that,
0: yeah.
1: Always. And I listened to a book. is really It's a really good book. 48 laws of power. Very manipulative, kind of scary, a little weird, but really good book. There's a lot of really good gold nuggets in there and one of them it was like nobody doing anything meaningful is not going to have haters. Like if you have haters, you're doing something right, right? Like I think about and I know I always keep going back to God, but like they straight up nailed this man to the cross, okay? Like I mean, <laughs> come on. Like he, you know, people hated him way before they ever hated you. So how can you expect if you're doing something that you're supposed to be doing and it is changing lives? that people are not going to hate you. People comment on my videos all the time. You weren't looking straight at the camera. You're not using grammatically correct words. Okay, thanks, Frank. Uh, yeah. I'm sure if I looked at every single thing you typed this week, everything was spot on. You know, And, like,
0: yeah, what, and what are they doing, right? Are they doing videos? Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are you doing, Frank? Come on. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I'd say just do it. Just do it. And I would say another thing outside of work, just about life for somebody where I was at, it gets better. It gets... St- so much better. The happiest days of your life have not happened yet. The saddest days of your life have not happened yet. You are going to feel so alive and like there's so there's so many things that you're going to do in this life and you have no idea what it is yet. You have no idea and it's like it gets so much better. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you've been through, who your parents are, who your friends are, who your ex-husband was or wife, like who cares? Like you are put on this earth to do something and you are going to feel uncomfortable if you're not doing it. You are going to feel like you're stuck in a spot that you shouldn't be if you're not doing it. So that itch is not going to go away and you just need to go for it. And I promise when you're going in the direction that you're supposed to be going in, the doors fly open. There are like Ray Ray is a prime example of, I did nothing to get her. That was a divine couple, how that happened. And I consider her my sister now, like this woman that I didn't even know two years ago is somebody I would ride or die for. I mean, like she is it. And I know she'd say the exact same thing as me. And, you some you haven't even met those people yet, guys. They're coming, they're on the way. they're gonna change your life and like just stick with it, just absolutely stick with it. It's so fun. it's so sad and up and down, and life is such a fun ride, but stick with it
0: good stuff and i I will say that my biggest fear is regret, and I will not have any. I will not have any regret and you know that's you know if you ask people that are on their deathbed, the biggest thing they have is the things that they didn't do in life and the the regret the list is long they regret they didn't do this they recorded that you know and
1: why you didn't do it fear
0: yeah because you're
1: scared what were you scared of what
0: other people would think the list is long yeah just do it like you said
1: i'm sitting here saying this but it is hard to not care what people think it 100 i struggle with that sure all the time as much as i'm like i know that people do not like me right i know that people do not like me there's a time And it's not because of anything bad. If anything, people dislike you because of good things, right? You know, and um, I think it's just eventually I'm sure that goes away and you care less over time. I don't think you fully don't care, but you can't let fear and stuff like that. If anything, fear is going to come at you even harder at the stuff you're supposed to be doing. That's what I've learned is that that anxiety and that depression and that fear that's trying to. That's the direction you're supposed to be going. in. you know what I mean? Like that's where you're supposed to be going. And they're trying to be like, no, don't find your purpose. Don't find out what you're supposed to be doing. Stay away from there. Right? Like it's a distraction. And that's all that it is. So I think the things that you are most scared of, you should go try it. Just go do it. You know, dip your, at least just dip your toe in. You know, you don't have to do it all at once, but just go dip your toe in. And I'm sure the anxiety in the monster seems much smaller after a period of time. So.
0: Love it. Do you want to share your contact information, social media, uh, how people can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, sure. So LinkedIn's probably going to be the best place if anybody's on LinkedIn. So it's just Kristen Pucci, K-R-S-T-E-N-P is in Peter, U-C-C-I, uh, Kristen Pucci on LinkedIn. Give me a follow and reach out. Send me a message. I'm on it all day, every single day. So I'll definitely respond to you. Say you listen to this or Instagram. I'm trying to grow my Instagram following. So I don't know how many followers you have, but I need to get to a thousand. I don't even care if it's <laughs> a thousand and one because I want to start an Amazon storefront. So if anybody can Ah. go do that for me, (laughs) (laughs) I have all these things I want to sell, whether it's like, hair care products or, and it's not even my own products. It's just, I want to be able to recommend people and then you can get like money back for it. So I want to be able to record, you know, these things and send them. So yeah, go follow me on Instagram. It's KrayPoochie, K-R-A-E-P-U-C-C-I. It's a public business profile. So you can just connect with me and be friends on there, shoot me a message. But yeah, that's really, I'm not a big Facebook user. I mean, I am for my clients, but I don't, I don't love it. So Instagram and uh, LinkedIn is where it's at.
0: I use Insta probably the least, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn the most for me. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's all on what you're looking for, it's all on what you're looking for. Facebook's just so funny, like I just it's just funny what people put on there, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Instagram's better for me, but Facebook's all right. I've got there's good groups. I'd say Facebook marketplace and the groups is what makes Facebook good.
0: It's all in the connections, though too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, Oh 100 percent.:
0: I so appreciate you joining me today. It was awesome having you on, and I'll be connected with you soon on LinkedIn, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Nick.:
0: Absolutely. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.